This is Indie Business Podcast, Season 1, Episode 12. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. My goal is to help makers and handmade entrepreneurs build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. On this episode, I will introduce you to Annie Pham of Cirque Colors, an artisan nail polish company in New York. Like many other indies, Annie found herself employed at a job that paid well, but that left her soul feeling kind of empty. Having been raised by parents who were entrepreneurs, Annie knew that there could be more to life and that owning a company of her own was a viable option. So she did what I and so many others have done. She worked her business on the side until she was able to build it to the point where she could leave her job and work her business full time. Today, Annie and her boyfriend, business partner, run Cirque Colors together. And let me tell you, they are hot, hot, hot. If you have not already been to their website, you have got to go and take a look. But let me warn you, if you are a nail polish junkie, your itch will definitely be scratched at Cirque Colors. Don't say I didn't warn you. In this episode, you'll hear a bit about how Annie started her company, how she uses social media and a surprise sales rep collaboration to sell her products in America and in stores around the world, and also her tips to help you start your own artisan nail company if that's something on your list of things to do. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 12. I'll be right back with Annie Pham. Annie Pham from Cirque Colors. Where are we talking to you from today? Um, I am in Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York. And that's where your studio is too, right? That is correct. So you make nail polish. And let me just tell you, all of us have some um, at least historical connection to (laughs) nail polish, right? I can remember as a little girl, I want to mix all the colors together. My father would get mad at me because I'd spill it on the carpet and... You know, there's a lot of drama associated with nail polish for all my whole life. So I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to you and see how you started Cirque and, you know, how you get these amazing colors to appear. So I'm trying to contain my excitement. We'll get to that. But tell us, Annie, a little bit about like the background, like before you discovered how awesome you could make nail polish colors. What were you doing? (laughs) Um, Believe it or not, I was in um, information technology. So I was working at a couple of tech companies before I started my business. But um, I've always been into beauty products and and, um, and cosmetics. And so I think it was sort of natural for me to fall into um, this industry and actually started making nail polish on, on my own. But it's something that I actually love until, you know, I started experimenting myself, like you said, mixing different colors and seeing what comes out of that. So uh, my previous job had nothing to do with what I'm doing today. So did you discover this sort of um, just like on weekends, just mixing things and figuring that you wanted to do something different, even while you still had your job? Tell us the story there. Well, um, I'm very similar to many indie nail polish makers. Uh, We are just big fans of color. And so 
Um, you know, I before I even started the business, I had two, three hundred bottles of nail polish from all different brands. And, you know, if I was painting my nails or I was looking for a particular color and I didn't have it, you know, I would just mix a couple different colors together and come up with a brand new color. And so that's basically how it started, just kind of um, mixing my store-bought colors together to come up with a custom color of my own. And um, and then it grew from there, pretty much. You know, what's always fascinating to me, and I don't know if you, if you have studied this or if you know this from a historical perspective, but it's always been curious to me why so many nail polish manufacturers for so many years didn't figure on making like awesome colors. Yeah, you know what, when I started, that's exactly what I was going for was to come out with these very cool special effects that you don't see the bigger brands coming out with. Well, at least back then. Yeah. I think they're sort of catching on now, but um that's Well, they're exactly actually what... having to catch up now, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I we see big polished brands copying all of us indie brands, mm-hmm. and so we know that as a collective, we definitely um have an influence in the industry. So, but basically my brand started off as Um, sort of a cool special effects type products, um, shimmers and holographic prismatic colors. And so that's basically my specialty and that's how we started. And and do you have like color training or did you just learn all this as you went along? Um, Informal training. Um, I've always been into rainbows and colors and so um, it's very experimental the way I the way I come up with colors. You know, I look at colorways and I try to match it. So I don't have any formal training whatsoever. It's it just basically comes to me and it's just very organic. Wow, that's a gift. It, it really is. And I have to tell you, whenever I see um, these amazing nail polish colors that you have photographed. You know, it just, it really just stops me in my tracks, you know, whether it's Instagram or Pinterest or whatever. I'm like, that is just so gorgeous. I just don't, I, I know you couldn't do this and it probably wouldn't smell very good, but I just want to jump into it and like bathe or something. It's, oh, yes. We, we do get that a lot. And actually, we posted an Instagram video a few weeks ago of us making a big batch of glitter mix. And wow. everybody said they wanted to jump in that big batch of glitter. And it's really funny because when we come home at the end of the day, we have specks of pigments and glitters all over us. So right. it's definitely um, it's definitely very messy. <laughs> So, so Annie, how did you start your company? You, you have an IT job. I imagine it was, you know, paying you fairly well and you had a, you know, the possibility to stay in that field forever. And there's no shortage of job opportunities, uh, generally speaking, in that field these days, unlike some others. So tell us about how you managed to make the decision to, you know, leap from there to being an entrepreneur in this particular field. Um, you know, I, I didn't know that I was going to do this. I, well, I came from a family of small business owners. Um, my parents are first-generation immigrants. And so they built their own retail business um, back in Texas, which is where I'm originally from. And we, it's a family business. So I always grew up around this. And so, you know, when I went to school and got a good job, I felt like I was lacking something, like um, satisfaction, I guess, in terms of um, what I was doing during 
during the day. And mm -hmm. so I had great job security and, um, you know, there was certain career paths I could have taken, but it just wasn't very satisfying to me. I really, I really like working with my hands and um, I also take from my parents and just sort of um, taken their influence mm -hmm. and tried different things. And um, this is where I am now. It was sort of accidental. I mean, I think I will always be sort of an entrepreneur. I don't think I could go back to working for a company. So I think it all stems from my parents and my upbringing. Wow, that's really interesting. I didn't grow up in an entrepreneurial family. So it's fascinating to hear how that environment impacted you in that way. Um, that's so so the combination of that along with something that you felt missing in your heart um, is kind of what what ended you landed you here. So I'm looking at your website. And I'm, you know, t tell us what's the story about making a nail polish? I mean, I see all these great colors. Do you start with an idea? Do you start with a movie? Do you start with, you know, a lipstick? How, how do you start to create a color? And what do you have to mix together to create these amazing colors that you have? What are the general basic ingredients? You know, so I work very organically. Um, I get inspiration from pretty much my environment, my history, my travels. And so I'll come up with an idea and then I'll write it down. And then um, I sort of build upon that idea. And I might not come back to it until maybe six months later if I couldn't complete the idea uh, all the way. So, mm -hmm. you know, I write down my ideas whenever I'm inspired by something and I sort of come back to it and visit it sometimes I look at colorways and I think oh, well it's springtime I'm going to lighten up my color palette let's you know put together a Pinterest board or a mood board and um, I do it that way or I will get inspired by music or a movie say for instance and um, I can build an idea upon that so it's there's no set process in how I come up with the different themes or the mm -hmm. di different colors, and um, you know I don't really I don't really like to work on a schedule. I find it very very limiting. If an idea is not finished, you know I I will wait, and mm -hmm. I don't like to settle, and um, but that's okay because I think they come naturally, and it will definitely come. Um, in terms of making nail polish, uh, we don't actually make the nail polish component. Um, we buy the nail polish component from a manufacturer, but we do buy our own colorants. So all the, the micas and the shimmers and the pigments and the dyes come from all different suppliers. And so we, I mix and I test, mm -hmm. um, play around with different pigments. I've uh, made many batches of colors that, that didn't turn out right, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all a part of experimenting and mixing colors together. So um, it's a very organic process. Well, and, and you know, it, it what you've just described really highlights to me that this is an art. Because you talk about you don't like a schedule, you talk about the inspiration that you get and the colors. I mean, it's like you have a blank canvas, which is your, I guess, uncolored nail polish base. And then you take the ideas that you have and you mix them all together. It really is so much more than a cosmetic. Yeah, I think so. And that's my favorite part about my job um, is just coming up with the colorways and the themes. Um, I think that's probably 
what I'm most comfortable doing. Uh, and of course, we run the business. Um, I have a partner as well, which is my boyfriend, and he manages the operation side of the business, which allows me to focus more on the marketing and the development of the colors. Oh, that's a nice partnership to have. And, and I'm noticing that you have essential oils in your nail polish. Is that unique? Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, we wanted to have our brand stand out a little bit more. And, um, I, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of artisans, um, jewelry makers, candle makers, and they all influence me. And so um, I was influenced by a friend that was learning how to make candles and and so um, uh, I went to an essential oil shop and I, I picked out like 10 different samples and I started playing around with it. And so I found a, a combination of lavender and clary sage, which I liked a lot. And that's what we use as our signature scent for all our nail polishes. It sounds like um, while you don't like to be on a schedule, you do have different specific duties in the business that sort of keeps you guys separated and working on what your strengths are, I guess. Tell us a little bit about what's it like, what it's like to work with your boyfriend in a business. <laughs> did that, was that like planned or did it happen naturally? What, how did that come about? It was not planned. Uh, um, I'm not much of a planner. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> I'm not much of a planner, but um, I started the business um, in 2012. And I think in 2013, about a year and a half later, my boyfriend joined. Uh, join the team. And so, yes, we definitely have separate um, job duties. I'm more of the marketing creative side of things. And he is better at um, operations and managing um, our employee that we have as well. I think it's really important to have a separation because we also live together. And so mm -hmm. if there's just too much overlap, it's, it's yeah. out for us and we do work off of each other's strengths so he's a lot more organized than I am I'm a little bit more you know organic in the way I work mm -hmm. and so um, it works it works um, for mm -hmm. now um, and you know I think it also mimics my parents because my parents mm. um, also owned a business together and they worked together their whole lives and so you know I, I'm not very much I'm not much different than um, my parents, so to speak. So <laughs> Apple not falling too far from the tree. And so tell right. me, like when your boyfriend first met you, were you making nail polish? No, okay. um, we met about five years ago. So a couple years before I started the nail polish business, um, he was working in the film industry and um, I was still working in IT. So we had completely different um, job roles. So was your boyfriend like totally surprised when you left your IT job and started a nail polish business? Um, he definitely was surprised. He knew I was very unhappy with my job. And so I had actually um, left my job about eight months before I started the nail polish business. So um, it, it was a personal decision for me to leave and um, start focusing on the nail polish because it was very hard for me to juggle my time, um, working eight hours a day and then coming home and trying to work on another business. So I left um, as sort of a, a um, way for me to light a fire under myself to be more focused on doing something and getting myself out of my, um, my job. And so um, it 
I was very fortunate. It worked. It ended up working out, and so we're. This is where we are today. <laughs> awesome. So, Annie, like like I said, I'm looking at your website, and I see you like have you have collections, and then you allow people to shop by color, which is so so convenient. Makes it so easy to find the color that you're looking for. But tell us a little bit about how your business works. Like, do you? I can see that I can buy it on your website. Do you wholesale? Do you deal with collaborative partnerships? How do you sell your products? Um, When I first started out, which is about two and a half years ago, I was doing mostly retail from my own website. Um, But fast forward to today, I do about 75% wholesale. So um, my business structure has changed a lot. And um, it was a a conscious decision that we made to focus more on wholesale um, uh, as we think that is the best way that we can grow. Um, We also do... Uh, collaborations. I've done um, collaborations with other jewelry designers. Um, I've worked with my friend who is a jewelry designer and she designed a ring and I designed a complimentary nail polish and the ring would actually fit on the um, cap of the nail polish so it's sold as a set. And um, that's something that I definitely want to do more in the future because um, I like working with other um, creatives and mm-hmm. other entrepreneurs, and there's also a lot of cross promotion as well. Mm-hmm. And so, um, definitely in the future, um, I think we're going to be collaborating a lot more with other people. That is so awesome. Have you ever done like a, um, a commissioned polish, like for a wedding or something like that? I've done um, a few uh, side projects for like a corporate event. Um, they actually found me at an arts and craft fair. Wow. And so we did a custom color for a, a, a corporate event, for a bank corporate event. And so that was really fun as well because it was just a brand new color that I got to design. And again, that's my favorite part of the business is just coming up with the new colors and the themes and stuff. So how do you promote your business? I've seen you in a lot of different places. I see you on Instagram all the time. That's when I want to go swimming in your polish. But <laughs> tell us a little bit about how how you do most of your promotion. How do you use technology to be successful promoting your products? Um, de- definitely through social media. I would say we get about 90% of our customers through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we're now um, ramping up our Pinterest page and I'm lucky because my product is very visual Um, it's full of color and people use it for different nail looks or nail art and so these platforms work for us Mm -hmm. because we are very visual in nature and um, um, it's just a very popular platform to to share pictures and so it's we have started to get into blogging a little bit more, bringing more original content back on our own website. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, because we don't have complete control over these different social media channels. So right. this is something, yeah, this is something definitely that we are going to focus more in 2015. Good, good. So that that's so smart too, because you never know what's going to happen with all the third party owned outlets and we hope they won't go anywhere but you know who's who's to say so right but, but that's great though so you use a combination of mostly Facebook Twitter and Pinterest and do you find that you are able to secure wholesale accounts and retail accounts through all of those or do some work better than others for different sorts um, of customers well 
Um, we have a sales rep, and they do our North American sales. And so they have their own contacts, obviously, that, um, that I don't have. But I would say um, we do have wholesale accounts that are outside the U.S., and I think they have found us through these social media websites. Mm-hmm. We, you know, they'll reach out to us and we ask them how, how you found us. And they'll, they'll say, oh, we heard about you on Pinterest or Instagram or something like that. Right. And so, um, yeah, so the, definitely social media does help us with our retail sales and our wholesale. And I think it's just a great, um, I mean, we don't use it for any, I don't use it uh, to focus directly on retail sales. We mostly just do the social media just to have that online presence. So if it comes through, uh, if we get more wholesale accounts, that's great. Um, we're doing it just to have that online presence. So did you find your sales rep organically? Did they come to you? Did you seek them out? Were they referred? How'd you, how'd you find them? Um, Organically, actually, um, they are not in the business to um, rep beauty lines. They actually rep a lot of fashion lines Mm. um, here in Brooklyn and New York City. So a lot of the designers they work with are um, clothing designers. Uh, I'm their first beauty line that they brought on. They sort of um, categorized me as a lifestyle line. And they've brought on on other lifestyle brands such as um, headphone brands, jewelry as well. Awesome. they have a showroom and they um, they have mostly clothing and then um, obviously complementary items such as accessories, nail polish, um, things that sort of um, go with fashion. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's how we got there. And they actually have a retail store. I was actually doing consignment in their retail store and it did really well. And so that's when they started talking to me about um, joining their showroom with their other designers. That is so great. And you know, it's funny because I think that's so what you just said just sort of dawned on me definitively that really these amazing colors really are a fashion statement. As I said earlier, it's it's really not not just a cosmetic, it is a fashion statement. And color says so much about who we are and what kind of mood we are in at a particular time. So I can see how they'd be interested in that. You know, it makes me think about how, um, I mean, I I used to have my own line, but I never had a rep, but I've always sensed and um, talked with others and heard that, you know, it's so um, you know, the, the rep relationships that develop into the most long-term and sustainable ones are ones where the rep actually found the brand and fell in love with it and really wanted to market that company. Yes. You know, it just, you know, I was actually doing consignment at their store and that's not something that I wanted to focus on Mm -hmm. and it just kind of fell, I fell into it. And Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, consignment is not, it's not, I don't have a whole lot of time to do consignment type um, Mm -hmm. deals. It's just very resource um, hungry. And so it just kind of fell naturally and they noticed that my products sell really well in their store. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, it totally works. Now, and you know, Annie, if we could pause there for a second, this is a really good point, I think, about entrepreneurship because, you know, anybody listening who has a a business selling products kind of knows that consignment, you know, it can be really, really bad. It can be really, really good. You just don't know, really. And it is it is a, a sucker of resources, as you said, but your experience points out that you just don't know until you try. 
And it could be awful for someone else. And for you, you know, as much of a sucker as it was, look what happened, right? Exactly. I'm the type of person that will try anything once Mm -hmm. um, just so I can understand. I mean, everybody has different experiences. And, you know, going into um, the consignment deal, I wasn't totally sold on it, but I wasn't carried in any store. So I said, hey, let's try this out. And so Mm -hmm. that's how it came. It it just came Mm -hmm. very organically. Annie, what do you recommend for another indie or a maker company that would like to find a rep? What, What do you recommend that they do? What are your best tips for positioning to find a sales rep that will represent your brand well? Um, I would definitely, if I were to look for a rep and if I didn't have one, I would actually try to talk to some bigger brands that um, have already been into the been in stores and maybe talk to their web go to trade shows and stuff and just get an idea of what what kind of products or brands they're looking for what attracts them to want to represent their um, these different lines and so I, I've had people friends that have talked to sales reps just to ask them advice well can you give me some advice on my packaging and they'll tell you well, well the brands I represent have you know, this, this, and this, maybe you can work on this. And so I would definitely just reach out and just get feedback on how you can improve your products or your branding or your marketing and sort of go from there. Um, If you don't get the feedback, you don't know, you know, how your product should be marketed. So I think there's a lot of value of just getting feedback from them. Right, right. That That's very helpful too, just to have their input, whether it's good or bad, because, you know, it, you, you want to be able to improve and, and it's tough out there today. I mean, the, the um, you know, there are, are so many incredible American made brands and indie brands, and you really do have to figure out how to stand out. And so even though you have these amazing colors, you, you know, you still have to keep making amazing colors. Yeah, it's, um, we're always working. I'm already working on some spring colors for mm-hmm. uh, March and April. So it's, it's, we're always looking forward to um, the seasons because everybody wants a change from like winter. It's sort of spring is a re- rebirth. So people always want to see new colors. And so um, we're always uh, forward thinking and looking right. ahead. Right. So what what is your best advice, Annie, for anybody who's interested in starting a nail polish line. I mean, I see a whole lot. I mean, there's just been a huge increase in the number of nail polish companies that I've seen. And, you know, the colors are, you know, pretty much always nice. I mean, you know, they're, they're nicely done. Um, But you know, sometimes you just stand out a little bit more. And I think yours is one of those, the glitter and the silver and the gold. And I'm looking at your website. And it's like, there's a section here that says new and then right on top of it's like sold out. I'm like, ah, I know it's the holidays. So everything's probably flying off the shelves everywhere (laughs) for you. What are your tips for someone who's really thinking that, you know, they, they, they love mixing the colors, and there's an endless number of colors in the rainbow, right? So, so the chances of you coming up with something new is, is pretty good because you can cr- mix some new things together and come up with new colors. But what are your tips for people out there who are interested in starting an indie nail polish line? 
what do you recommend that they do to be successful as you have in just two short years, I might add? Um, I definitely think um, coming up with themes or collections that are personal mm. to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've experimented before. You know, when I first started, I didn't really have a theme. It was sort of a hodgepodge of colors that I just came up with and so I wanted to see what were people's reactions to that and I find that I think people like themes they like Mm. um, patterns and collections and cohesive collections I guess what I'm saying and so um, you know I I experiment I sometimes some collections don't do well sometimes do do right and what I find is the the pattern is that people like themes and um just like a color palette that sort of goes together Uh um something that like for example in the spring I created sort of a bright pastel color palette and it did very well Mm -hmm. and um it did better than my previous collections because there was sort of similar colorways that go together And so I would say that um, my advice is to really, um, I guess, think about how your colors go together in a collection. A collection, okay. Um, Yeah, and how how they tell a story. Mm. Um, I find that when you release a bunch of different colors with a bunch of different finishes, people get overwhelmed, you know? Uh, I see. I do, uh, we used to do a lot of arts and crafts markets and I used to do them in, in color order. And then, uh, and then I thought, oh, it overwhelms people. So I started, um, I guess, arranging them by um, sort of stories or finishes, something similar. So all the glitters went in this section and all the shimmers went in this section and all the solid colors would go here. And it helped people um, identify what mm-hmm. they liked. Um, it makes me so, think about it makes me think about um, eyeshadows. It's yes. kind of the way I see people that make eyeshadows. They'll have different collections for them, and there'll be themes, and they do tell a story because when you when you click on, you know, for example, I'm looking at your Metropolis con- collection, and I see um, Tavern on the Teal, which you know, there's a restaurant in New York that rings a right. bell. Um, Knickerbocker obviously has something to do with with the state as well. Um, and so I can kind of see what you're talking about. Concrete Jungle, there's another one. Um, and so people who sort of resonate or who have interest in particular areas might be drawn to these by themes. And that would help them eliminate the overwhelm because then they sort of hone in on what they're interested in. And they're suddenly not looking at 100 colors. They're only looking at 10 or 11. Exactly. And it, it helps me because when I walk into a Sephora or an Ulta and I'm just overwhelmed by the products, right. you know, if there's like a special section that says new spring colors and mm-hmm. there's like a, a very um, bright graphic for it, you know, it, it helps me focus a little bit more. And so that would be my advice um, just Excellent. based on my own experience. Awesome advice. And I love that you have retired colors here. That's pretty cool. And and refresh my recollection too. I can't find it on your website. Don't you have one that's got like real gold in it? 
Yes, um, I believe it's under um, special editions. Special editions. Okay, ladies, we are talking about <laughs> the um, the fabulous. What is it? It's the O. A U. A U. Like in the periodic table. Limited edition, twenty three karat gold leaf flake. Get some. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is great. It's like, you know, who knew that nail polish would, because of companies like yours, become, you know, collector's items. That's really what these are. And really are. Uh, yes. And, and it's wonderful. I'm so excited for your success and so excited that we have these amazing colors to choose from. It's so inspirational um, on, on a lot of levels. It just excites all the senses and makes everyone, I think, appreciate what makers and handmade entrepreneurs are doing for our world today. You're adding so much depth and so much heart and soul into what you do. As I said before, it's so much more than a nail polish. And thanks for sharing those tips about getting a rep as well. Now, where do we go? Where's the best place to go to experience your nail polish and make sure that we get our Cirque colors on? My website is CirqueColors.com, and you can find me on all my social media platforms under Cirque Colors as well. And if you're ever in New York City, uh, my showroom also has two retail stores. Um, They are called International Playground. There's one in the Lower East Side, and there's one in Soho, and they carry my entire line. Awesome. And let me just make sure I spell the website too, C-I-R-Q-U-E, CirqueColors.com. Thank you so much, Annie, for joining us today. Thank you, Donna Maria. It's fantastic to learn about your company. And, you know, we'll be looking for that blog, too, because I'm really glad that you mentioned how important it is for uh, companies and brands to uh, use the social media, but really not to surrender their brands to social media and make sure that their core marketing is at a location online or at locations online that they own and control. Definitely. I think it's um it's something that we realized this year that we just didn't have control over. And then, you know, talking with other creative entrepreneurs and hearing about their, their issues as well. I think it's um, it's a no brainer to start bringing the content or bringing the customers and the fans to your own website where you have control over it. Absolutely. I always say that that our core is the cake and all the social media is the icing, right? So right. <laughs> we definitely eat cake without icing, but I would not eat icing without cake. Same so <laughs> that's a good, good way to look at it. So we'll be looking for more from your blog. I see you've got a post a new post up today. So that's wonderful, Annie. Thank you so much for joining us and have a happy holiday season. And we'll be checking out all these new nail polishes you'll have coming up for the new year. Thanks. Donna Maria. It was a pleasure talking to you and it was an honor and I I hope you got to learn a little bit more about my company. I did. So excited to share too. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Annie Pham of Cirque Colors. Are you as ready as I am to dive into some of that nail polish? If you enjoyed this episode of Indie Business Podcast, won't you show us some love Just go to IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash love and you can let your friends know that you enjoy Indie Business Podcast. We really love making this show for you and we're so excited when you enjoy it and when you also let others know that you enjoy it so we can help spread the word about what we do here to promote 
handmade entrepreneurs and American-made manufacturing, and also what we do to let people know about how they can be inspired to use their talents and gifts to create a business of their own. And, you know, if we can improve or if there's something that you'd like to see, let us know that as well. There's a contact link on our website at IndieBusinessNetwork.com so you can share what you'd like to see and how we can serve you better. I'll see you on the next episode of Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love. <laughs>